0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Yes, hello. Welcome to The Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio. I'm Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin on this last, last show, garden show of 2022. Here we are, New Year's Eve.
2: Here we are, New Year's Eve, and boy, what a difference a week makes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Last week, everything was a standstill. I know you had family plans canceled. I had family plans canceled because yeah. nobody could get anywhere either at all or easily. And yeah. here we are. Now we got our, we've got our. we got our
2: like rain boots in. on. Yeah. yeah, a lot <laughs> of my snow is gone. I'm, I bet you I'm looking at, ooh, at least... 70 percent green out there right yep. now in terms of the, the ground. Yeah, and it think, was very white not that long ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually think I think you actually have more snow than we do because you got more than we did. We had more drifts. And so or you had more drifts, I should say, because of your placement with it coming off the lake. Sure. And um, so it sounded to me like you had higher drifts. And so we are probably about 90 on our property, about 90 percent green. Oh wow! So yeah, we it's yeah it's it's pretty crazy. It's uh, it's a pretty it's looking very very green out there
2: for for December thirty first. it sure is. Yeah, Man, it's just raining. It's raining and it's really you yeah. know the air is like a pea soup at my place right now. But, and I
1: was looking at the forecast, and apparently, like by Tuesday, they're saying up here it could be eleven.
2: Oh no, really?
1: Yeah. So then, That's my question true. to you, of course, which I maybe we can talk about later, is I I'm guessing that things will start to want to come up. They're going to think it's spring.
2: Yes, to some extent. I mean, the ground is frozen, which is good, which will keep most things dormant. Um, But you're right, there will be some confusion amongst both the flora and the fauna. So there will be some. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think it'll get warm enough that we're going to start seeing, you know, leaves bursting forth or or bulbs necessarily, you know, breaking through the ground. But, uh, you know, it it is confusing. There's no question. Like, the, I worry, the poor birds, like, how can mm. they keep track of all this? The the birds were actually very funny at my place when it was so windy last week. And, you know, they were, they they try to fly and they'd get up in the air and they'd be going backwards. <laughs> oh, like, wow. And then they'd run along the ground because uh, they, you know, when the weather is poor, Uh, It's so important that if we're supporting our wild birds, that we keep supporting our wild birds and, you know, keep those feeders full. Right now, we don't need to worry about water so much, though. Certainly when it was super cold and snowy there, you know, open liquid water is super important as well for birds. So just important to always remember right now they're fine. They're getting well bathed. But uh, if you are keeping feeders full and you know feeding, then stay on it. We're not nearly through the winter yet.
1: <laughs> no, no. Okay, well, listen, uh, I should give out those numbers. And if you have any questions about gardening, or maybe you've got some comments about the birds and what they're doing on in your neighbourhood, mm-hmm. um, I think, Charlie, you said we might talk about seeds a little later. I guess the, the time is, is coming to maybe start ordering those things. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Okay, so then you should give us a call. And if you live in Toronto, the number is 416 Or uh, toll-free anywhere in the province of Ontario, outside of Toronto. Yeah, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, do let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, and we will give you your garden wings. And I have some special garden wings today. This is what you're going to get. Yeah, I've got some, uh, you know, some good New Year's Eve party favors there happening there. That's what I'll give you as your garden wings today on this <laughs> New Year's Eve show.
2: Sounded <laughs> like an electric razor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll try and I'll add some other bells. Here we go. We'll do all sorts of stuff here. There oh, we go. Cool. We got it all going there. It's a New Year's <laughs> Eve party here on the garden show. And uh, we want you to call often. We want you to call early. And one question per call, please. Okay, we will be right back with much more on the garden show.
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show.
1: Uh, And I'm Dean Holland, yeah, and Charlie Dobbin, and here we are in our last day of 2022. And how, how has it been... As a gardening year, Charlie, has it been a, like a, a good year? I know it was, I recall it was a hot summer, right? It was a dry summer.
2: Right. So I guess I, my experience is most uh, affiliated to my own little world here. And for sure, we had some real hot, real dry uh, parts to our summer, you know, July, early August. Mind you, we are tracking, so I don't have my spreadsheet in front of me, but we are tracking our rainfall. So we have a better handle on how much rain we actually get uh, during the season it's um and here it's different. I've never I've never gardened on a well and I've never gardened in these conditions. So yeah, we were really hurting for water and being very, very careful with our water during that dry, dry period. Um, But you know what's interesting is right now, my sump pump is running about every minute and a half because there's so much water now that, uh, yeah, we've got no shortage of water. So I was joking with some friends when I have people visit me in the summer, I always say, come clean. Don't plan on doing any, you know, showering here. I don't have water for that. We'll take you to the lake if you need a bath. Yep. Um, so, I was chatting with one of my friends. And I said, When do you come to visit? She goes, Well, I want to have a shower. And I said, Oh, come now. <laughs> you can have a shower now. <laughs> <laughs> come
1: now. You put the we call out. You can I have a shower now. Come on over to the Dobbins.
2: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, head on over. We got lots of water, shower, bathe, do whatever you want, but not in July. Nope. No showers. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for my gardening, weird. you know, it was in many ways. <clears throat> Probably a pretty traditional year for here. I did like the spring. We had a prolonged spring, which is nice. I like a cool spring. And then when we got into summer, it was a real summer. Uh, rain was a little uh, iffy in a lot of places. And then, you know, fall and autumn rolled out like it should have. Now we're getting this warm bit. Um, but, you know, like I say, hopefully the, the, no plants are going to get too confused and start wanting to grow.
1: Mm-hmm. you got it. Okay, let's give out those numbers again. Uh 416-360-0740 or toll-free anywhere else other than Toronto in the province of Ontario 1-866-740-4740. Uh a couple of emails you've got this past week, Charlie. Um one came in from Marsha who lives uh, in Kleinberg, right, in Kleinberg. And she says uh, that her lawn care company uses uh, granular compost. Uh, And then she has in brackets plus plus overseeding on her lawn. And she wondered if this granular compost uh, can be used to good effect on her perennial beds. Okay, so what are you thinking on that?
2: Well, I guess what I'm thinking is I need to know more about what this granular compost is made out of. because you know granular just means chunky and compost does mean should mean that it's organic based so it should be absolutely perfect for the perennial beds but like i said i'd I'd like to know a little bit more about the actual uh content of the compost um one something i had great success with though i never used it on my lawn and, and i used to get it from a place Stouffville area, and they'd deliver it in those one cubic foot bags, mm-hmm. and it was called duck compost. It was actually from a duck farm, and it was the bedding from the duck farm. So when the where the ducks live, they were living on like wood shavings, and they'd pee and poo all over the wood shavings, and then every now and then they'd clear out the barn and put in fresh. When they cleared out all these moist uh, wood shavings, they'd compost them for at least a year, so they'd big pile. And then they turn the pile and keep that moving. And when I would receive it, it almost looked like kitty litter. So it was very granular. It was did not smell bad. Like there's no real manure smell. It was very brown. And it just beautifully went down on top of garden beds. I might have sprinkled a bit on the lawn, but it was perfect on the garden beds. And I would just sprinkle it on the surface and it would disappear. So it was a really nice way, easy way to add organic matter. And I can't say that too many times. Add organic matter. You're always, always going to be improving your gardens and your lawns, all your plant growth. Everybody's going to be much happier as long as you keep your organic matter up.
1: Right. Now, I got to say, with what you've just said, um you know, I've been with you now for just over a year. I started at the uh, at the very end of 2021. So now, after a full gardening year with you, I think that that is a theme that, personally, as as somebody who does hobby garden, that comes up over and over again. And you, and you've sort of drummed it through my head, is that you can never go wrong by putting organic, organic, uh, uh, you know, on top, uh, organic, uh, man, not manure but compost, I guess, of any kind well, because- on top of your gardens.
2: Manure is an example of organic yes. matter. Um, yeah, I know it's always a, it's such a funny like it doesn't roll off the tongue very easily the word organic yep. matter. But I mean, you can make your own when you make compost at home with your <coughs> excuse me your banana peels and your eggshells, coffee grounds. That's a hundred percent organic. Once it breaks down, there it is. You know, bang that into the garden. And I I don't dig any of this stuff in. I just merely spread it on the surface. Now. <coughs> Excuse me, in my case, we, um, we did a lot of mulching this past summer. So I've got a nice good layer of, of bark mulch on all my gardens. And that is another example of organic matter. So that's going to slowly break down and add. It, it's life. There's life in organic matter. When you add the organics, you add life. And it, seriously, it's all about the biology when it comes to soil. You want life, you want living soil.
1: Gotcha. Okay. We, uh, we're we going to take a pause. We're going to come back. The lines are open. Okay. Again, the number is 416-360-0740 or one eight six six 740 4740 Okay. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show.
3: Daffodils and day
0: bluebells and begonias for scythia and fox clubs marigolds magnolia lavender and lupins dahlias delphiniums stalks fox hollyhocks tulips and sweet williams you've picked the right place for everything floral this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio Yes, indeed. We are back here on the Garden Show here on
1: Zoomer Radio. I'm Dean Holland, and here with Charlie Dobbin. And Charlie, we it looks like we have our first caller coming Ooh. in from Beamsville. Yeah, welcome. It's uh, Anya. Anya, welcome to the Garden Show. You there, Anya? Oh, we don't seem to have Anya. Maybe we've uh, lost her. Oh my goodness! No, no I um, he, you know,
4: maybe he wait, just wait,
1: misunderstood. Oh, uh, um, there, there we are, Anya. People. How are you doing?
4: I'm calling about um, my Mayer lemon tree. Mm -hmm. Mm. I've called Charlie um, a couple of times about this, and I've always gotten good um, results from whatever she recommends. Um, I'm wondering when is the time to prune it. Um, I had lots of blooms this past summer. Usually I I do get lots of lemons off it. Um, Mm. This year I had lots of blooms, but... um, as soon as it looked like they were going to set, they, w- they all fell off. So I didn't have any fruit this year at all. And after, um, after the summer and uh, beginning of fall, I brought it in the house, which is something I usually always do. I have not lost any leaves, but wondering when is the right time to prune it.
2: Mm. I'm wondering why it dropped its, uh, dropped its, did it actually, did it drop the flowers and they didn't get pollinated perhaps is what happened. Well, it was outside and
4: I mean, every year it's in the same place when I take it out and um, we have lots of bees and, and um, you know, butterflies and whatever flying around. Um, I, I don't know if it would be a pollination
2: problem. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You're right. If it's outside, it should have been pollinated. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um. So, and you, it didn't get any uh, chill when it was flowering by any chance? Like it, I, it bloomed in the spring, like late spring, right? I
4: I don't. I put it out when it's already getting nice and warm outside. So it's mm-hmm. probably um, late May, or maybe mm-hmm. early June. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um. I'm I'm not quite sure exactly when I took it out, but it's in a sheltered place on the deck. Um, same place, it's always there. Um, yeah, I, I'm just not sure.
2: And I mean, is it getting some, lots of sun? Is it getting uh, full-day sun?
4: Lots of sun. Lots of sun all day, yes.
2: Okay. Uh, and, of course, you do water very regularly, and it's and it's in a big pot.
4: Yes. I, re, I uh, transplanted it a couple of years ago. So whether maybe that's you know maybe this spring I need to put it into you know one size larger, um, but no, and and it, because it's outside, I give it a little bit of water every day. Um, every two weeks, I give it a little bit of Miracle Grow when it's outside. Like once I bring it in the house, I don't uh, fertilize it at all.
2: Right. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, okay. So the pot it's in right now it has a drainage hole, I assume. Yes. Okay, so when you're what I would do rather than giving a little bit of water every day when it's, you know, outside on the deck and it's warm weather, like you may actually need to water it every day if it's super hot and super windy and that sort of thing. But um, water thoroughly when you're watering, you know, use that water so that it drains right through that drainage hole and, and feel the soil when the soil starts to feel dry on the surface then it's time to do that thorough watering. So instead of being every day, it might be every two or three days outside and obviously only 10 days or so inside. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Um, For pruning, generally speaking, I would treat a a lemon just like I would treat any of the fruit trees. And I would, as we get, the days get a bit longer, which believe it or not, they are doing now. So I give it another month to six weeks I would do some pruning then. Oh. What will happen is you're going to start to see some new growth. The The plant is going to respond to the longer days. So you're going to start to see some sort of um, green, uh, you know, Little tips it's just going to the, the whole plant's just going to look a little more um, shiny and vigorous than it does now in the dark days of winter, and uh, at that point, really look at the form. you may need to ensure that there's no crossing branches or branches growing to the inside, right. um, no dead bits on it. Uh, and, and just be aware of the fact that I have seen lemons and oranges, I've seen them start to bloom in the late winter indoors if, it's, if they're in a perfect, hot, nice, hot, sunny room. So mm-hmm. depending on how much heat and sun they're getting right now, that plant is getting inside, uh, you're going to have to kind of check when you would do any pruning. If there's too much new growth happening and flower buds are forming, then you might just wait. You'll always remove dead, you'll always remove diseased or disentangled bits, but wait until maybe after you've done your harvest uh, later in the August, September, if you're going to do some serious pruning rather than removing flower buds uh, in the spring. So you just have to kind of wait and see what it's doing this spring. But usually that's when I would do my, my real pruning would be in the spring. And, um, yeah, and putting it outside is great. I'm I'm surprised that it didn't get any fruit this year, but it could be. Keep in mind that uh, we are there's never consistency to fruit production. One year we get tons of apples on our apple trees, and then the next year we get like three, uh, and it's always like that. Peaches, pears, plums, cherries. There's ups and downs in terms of the plant's ability to actually produce fruit. So it has to take a year off every now and then.
4: Okay. Okay, that's great. Thank right. you very, very right. much for all this. And uh, a yeah. Happy New Year to you both.
1: Thank um, you. I wish you Thanks all Thanks very much for the call there, Anya. Yeah, thank you. Beamsville. Yeah. Beamsville is one of those neat little towns in Ontario that uh, they, uh, they put their Christmas tree, or they did for years, they put their Christmas tree right in the middle of their intersection. It's a three-way intersection in Beamsville, and oh. they put their Christmas tree right in the center of it. Um, oh. I've met... People from Beamsville over the years and, and they say, oh, do you know where Beamsville is? I said, oh, yeah, you put Christmas <laughs> you in the middle of the intersection. And they go, oh, you're right.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I've been to Beamsville lots of times, but I guess I've never been there at Christmas.
1: Yeah, it is something that they, they've done. I remember I, I well, <laughs> used to, I grew up in the Hamilton area and I used yeah. to do a bit of a delivery route through there. And I remember the first Christmas, I thought, holy camoly, what is it Where did that come from? Why is yeah. that yeah. Now, just before you we went to air, Charlie, you mentioned that you are, you've ordered seeds. Is that right? Like here we are, we're not even in 2023 and you're already thinking seeds.
2: <laughs> well, that's me. You don't have, to, okay, two things I'll say. One is, yes, get excited, get ordering seeds, you know, get onto the seed supplier websites, start looking at catalogs. Some of them still send hard copy catalogs if that's what you're looking, you know, you can really salivate over the, the photos, etc. But, don't think don't even think about planting any seeds yet don't get too excited just receive those seeds and put them away nice little dry dark spot and we'll start talking about planting seeds in several months unless okay now there's always a, an addendum you're ordering seeds like geraniums or begonias or something like that because those we do get started right out right in the new year
1: really okay so geraniums they need they just they need a, a big head start do they
2: that's right. If you want them flowering for summer as opposed to fall, you got to okay. get them started early. So there. Yeah. So there's always a few that we do get started early. But any of your edible crops, I, again, maybe you have grow lights inside and you want to mm-hmm. get some lettuce seeds and start growing lettuce indoors. You know, no. nothing wrong with that. I'm pretty jazzed up with some of the lettuces I've just ordered and colored carrots.
1: colored carrots we're doing this year. I'm Mm -hmm. coming over to your place for the fancy lettuces and the colored carrots.
2: Exactly. The reds, the purples, all the... And they taste a bit different, too. The the different colored carrots have a slightly different flavor. So, but none of that... Well, unless I'm going to start some lettuce inside for eating purposes... uh, Have you seen the price of lettuce in the grocery stores?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've not only seen it, I've had to lay the money down on the table, too.
2: (laughs) Well, let me tell you, a package of seeds is like $2.59, <laughs> you yeah. can grow lots of lettuce with two dollars and fifty nine cents compared to three ninety nine for one head of lettuce or four. Yeah, 99.
1: you know what? Note note well taken because lettuce is not that difficult to uh, to grow, is it? My grandmother always 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 had lettuce growing in her garden. She never bought lettuce in the summer. Yeah. Every single salad that hit that table, it was out of her garden. And I recall the 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 leaves being a lot tenderer than than you find in the store. They were just like they just almost melted in your mouth
2: right because they're sweeter and fresher and and the best thing like a like, good point every single day you can have a salad and every single day it's fresh because you only pick out of your garden what you're going to put in your salad that that day yeah and so it's, it just keeps growing right you pick it grows so and it can go on and on for a very long time but keep in mind as well that now we don't have lettuce growing outside but you know without too much work like i say supplemental grow lights you can get some leaf lettuces growing. Uh, I bring inside some herbs, you know, parsley, uh, rosemary. Those kinds of herbs come in with me every fall and live on my windowsills for the winter. Mm-hmm. But again, you could start things like basil if you love basil. Those are if you've got enough light. The natural light is not sufficient. You have to have supplemental grow lights.
1: And how do you how how many hours a day do you have to keep those lights on?
2: Generally speaking, twelve hours a day. Okay. Yeah, pretend you're at the equator, right? Pretend that, that that's the, the conditions you're under. So 12 on, 12 off. Uh, unless, again, it's a specialty plant that has specialty requirements. Because um, mm-hmm. some plants do. Not not all, not all plants are the same, but, you know, the ones I'm mentioning, you'd be good with 12 hours on, 12 yeah. hours okay.
1: off. Gotcha. Um, you got a, an email about a hollyhock um, <laughs> yeah. from JT. It says he, he's had the darkest black-purple hollyhock. Uh, will it come back? It's been going, uh, it says on third on third year and only supposed to be a four foot tall, but it's over six feet um, and it bloomed into December 1st. So it sounds like a very successful hollyhock, but I guess there's a concern there.
2: It is a very beautiful color. Um, it's funny, she, uh, she sent a couple of photographs. It's growing up against her house between a deck, like stairs, or is it? No, I guess it's in front of the stairs. So it's this very, very tall, six-foot-tall hollyhock with beautiful burgundy flowers. I think the reason the question is being asked is because hollyhocks are a biennial. When we plant hollyhocks, we think of them as a plant that grows green leaves the first year, little rosette of green leaves. Then the second year, it pops up the big flower stem and gives us the beautiful flowers. If those flowers are pollinated and if seeds are formed, the seeds will drop to the ground The plant will die after it flowers, but the seeds that drop to the ground will germinate and grow. And again, it's a two year process. If the hollyhock blooms early enough in the season, the seeds will form, the seeds will drop, the seeds will germinate the same year that the mother plant is flowering. So that's where we get thrown off by hollyhocks because here we've got a flowering hollyhock. The next year, suddenly we have more flowering hollyhocks. And it's like, but I thought they were biennials. Well, what happened was is that the daughters or the progeny right. of the mother, they, they did grow, they grew as little green plants that we didn't even notice that late summer before, and then they bloom in their second year. So that's probably what's happened here when, when she says it's been going on for three years. That's not the original plant that she planted. Right, the but that's a good plant, right? I mean, that's...
1: That's a great situation where it seems that every other year a different set will grow, isn't that right?
2: That's right. If if they worked on the on the calendar, every second year you would have flowering hollyhocks. But because sometimes we have a long, a long, long enough summer, the seeds germinate, and so we basically pack um, those two years into one by having the little green plants the first year and flowers the second year. But ultimately an overlap from the original mother plant. So hollyhocks, um, another example of that would be forget-me-nots. If you have forget-me-nots in your garden and you say, oh, how come they bloom every year? Well, it's because the seeds drop, the seeds germinate, and they're little green plants, we don't even notice, and next year they're blooming again. So many of the biennials kind of trick us, (laughs) and it feels like they're blooming, they're like perennials, they're blooming every year, but they're not the plants we planted. The ones we see flowering have come from seed and the same with this hollyhock. So will it come back? It just depends whether some seeds dropped mm. or not. And of course, you can see it's a very mild December day. We In the photo, uh, we see cosmos blooming and
1: mm-hmm. like
2: stertiums are blooming and the hollyhock. And it's the first of December. So hopefully, very likely, the seeds did drop and the seeds will be there and the plants will grow. Will they flower next year? Hard to say. Maybe depends on whether there were flowers earlier as well.
1: Gotcha. I love nasturtium. They're one of those. They're an edible, right? I, nasturtium.
2: Very. The whole plant. The whole uh-huh. plant is edible.
1: And they're and a tasty. little bit peppery. I seem to recall.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty and and very edible and fun. You know, you can decorate salads. And, mm-hmm. You know, look like exactly. you're super gourmet. Oh.
1: Well, as you and I can both see, the lines are quiet today. We kind of expected that because it's New Year's Eve. People are all getting ready for the big prep. Is there anything? That, I'm going to give the numbers out, but then I want to know what you do New Year's Eve. Uh, 416 <laughs> is the Toronto number, 360-0740. Or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, it is a toll-free call. 1-866-740-4740. And, uh, yeah, lines are open. Carlos is ready to take your call.
5: I know. Carlos uh, so is probably sleeping.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe Carlos, he's, are you, you know, there? Maybe he's got some uh, like hors d'oeuvres happening in the kitchen there in the oven. Maybe he's warming some stuff up for New Year's Eve.
2: Yeah, never know. Well, you can't think that everybody's out Christmas shopping, and I doubt they're shoveling snow today either. So. No. <laughs> well, maybe
1: they're maybe they're doing some weeding outside. You know.
2: <laughs> maybe, or maybe they're digging trenches to deal with some of this water that's piling. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> But um, I, I am uh, off to a Christmas party, a local Christmas party this evening, something oh, nice close to home. So that yeah. I'm looking forward to that, getting together with some friends. What are you up to?
1: Well, you know, and you bring a good point. I think that a lot of things were canceled last weekend. Um, as you know, you said that, uh, you know, you were your son was unable to get back because of the, of the weather. Um, we were supposed to go down to Hamilton to visit family. That didn't happen. Our in-laws were supposed to my in-laws were supposed to come up last weekend. They did not. So they are here now. And so I, I think that there probably is the odd Christmas gathering that is happening this weekend that couldn't happen last
2: yeah I can see. hopefully there's some shortbread left for that.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: I've got you know, do you
1: like you like shortbread? I do I do. Yeah, I've got some shortbread I can hand over to you. So you okay. know what I've got we've got a caller on the line. Let's go to uh, Maureen in North York. Welcome to the garden show, Maureen.
3: Oh, good morning. Happy New year to you both. I have a Thank very you. embarrassing question. I have tulips bulbs that I didn't get planted uh, because I had a kind of hectic fall fall. But I looked at the ground today with the rain. It's kind of soft. (laughs) If I put them in, do they have a chance? Uh,
2: They have a better chance in the ground than they do in your drawer. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yes. It's going to be a bit soggy to go out and plant today. So if you do, but I would, you know what? Uh, Do you you remember what um, variety of tulip they are? Uh, It was a mixed batch of tulips. Mm.
3: So there, right. it has it has especially the ones I really love those green and white ones I love those. Oh, yeah yeah,
2: yeah. And I think it so called Greenland yeah yeah
3: so it's a, it's a mixed it's a, a mix a mix you know so I thought you know yeah it is kind of rainy today but you know it might stop and then tomorrow it's not gonna tomorrow's not going to be rainy
2: so you know what
3: what Better way to start the new year than planting something that's
2: going to come in the spring. <laughs> You're right. That that could be like a really good kind of an omen. You know, get the get your little your. I can tell, Maureen, Your fingers are itching to get dirty. So you know, <laughs> there is that option to get in, you know get those plants in the ground. It's certainly like I said, they will be happier in the ground than in a bag in your drawer. So if you can get them out carefully, I mean, working in really soggy soil has its challenges because it tends to be get very compacted Uh, if you can possibly plant them without going out walking to where you're going to plant them like if you could plant them from the edge of your driveway or a sidewalk or a a walkway so that you're on a hard surface but you're gently digging into soil and of course you do want to get them down at least four or five inches uh, and then lightly you know bang that soil back on top the other thing is pot them up you could put them into pots uh, with potting mix, uh, yeah. watered once, and then into the refrigerator and give them a fake winter in the refrigerator.
3: Okay, but I don't have room in my fridge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, unfortunately, I like many people, I don't have a beer fridge down in the basement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what you mean. Wow. We need a fridge, a beer to, fridge, and you you a bulb have fridge.
2: To the <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Well, okay. Well, let us know how yeah. that works out, Maureen. Like, if you can get those in the ground, I'd love to hear. Uh, they should be fine because you know it's going to get cold again, and that's what they need. They need the cool temperatures, and they're not getting them in your house.
3: Well, I feel I feel that uh, that uh, that uh, i that, that Mother Nature has said, "Well, all right, you know, we'll give Maureen a second chance." You know. <laughs>
1: Nice. I think you run out there and try that second chance, Maureen. Happy (coughs) New Year to you. Um, Charlie and I are going to take a quick pause for some messaging, and then we will be right back. We've got Trudy on the line. We'll be back on The Garden Show.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. He is correct. This is The Garden
1: Show with Charlie Dobbin, and I am Dean Holland, aiding and abetting the goddess of the garden, <laughs> and happy to be doing it. <laughs> and and we had, well, I love being here with you, and I learn, learn, learn so much from you. Are you a very clever woman. Uh, I have Trudy on the line from St. Kitts or St. Catharines. There you go. How are you, Trudy?
6: I'm doing very well, and Happy New Year to you, Dean and Charlie.
1: Yeah, Thank you, you as well.
6: I have a question about strawberries. I moved into this home and I have some strawberries in the garden um, they've been here about i 've been here about three years. Do I need to um like take the runners and start new ones like do they get old? Um, yeah i don't really really know how to take proper care of strawberries. I know that in the spring there's so many dead leaves on it, and should I have cut them down in the fall or do I cut them in the spring? Just how do I manage strawberries
2: okay, good question so uh <sighs> If you look at the way the commercial growers grow strawberries, they do a couple of things. One is they plant them in rows. Uh, There are strawberries that don't send off the daughter plants, but as you point out, yours are doing that. So you will need to thin them. You can't let every single plant grow. They'll get way too crowded, and you'll get very little fruit. So each plant has to have some air and sun, good penetration around each plant. So... Do you keep the old and, uh, or do you keep the, the young? Personally, I would thin out some of the older plants when I'm thinning. Uh, and you'll also notice that commercial growers will use straw around the strawberry plants. And the reason they do that is that it keeps the fruit off the ground and off the mud in the spring. Uh, so that certainly for um, picking and for walking in amongst the strawberries it's very clear where you can and can't walk it um, and the straw what they'll do it starts to break down again adding that important organic matter we were talking about so the straw is around the plants all year round but they'll usually put fresh straw in the fall so that it's kind of up and over the plants and then snow falls, rain falls, everything happens, spring arrives, and they'll move the straw back away from the plants. So it's there around them all the time. That way you'll have fewer dead leaves. If you yeah. don't do any kind of winter mulching with something like straw or newspaper or anything that will mm-hmm. kind of trap some air around the plants, yeah. then what I would do is, yeah, get down on your hands and knees and remove any of the, the brown in the, in the spring. Don't Don't mess around in the fall. Do all your cleaning up in the spring.
6: Okay, I do have some straw, so I can actually put it on today then.
2: You actually could, yeah.
6: Yeah, okay. So what I'm Mm -hmm. understanding from you is that the old plants, I should eventually remove them and just keep starting new younger
2: ones? Yeah, I mean, the old plants will continue to produce, but they will stop producing if they're too crowded. So just to avoid overcrowding, you're going to have to remove some, you know, just over the years. If you allow all those... Daughter plants to grow, it, it'll be you won't be able to get into the patch, right?
6: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, great. Thank you okay. so much for your help.
2: Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the happy
1: call, Trudy. Okay, uh, let's go right to Creamore. We have uh, we have Steve on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Steve.
5: Oh, welcome. Uh, nice to see you both, and happy New Year. Thank you. Um, I phoned in, I phoned in before. Uh, Charlie knows me a little bit. Uh, the question I have today is we have a, a very, very mature uh, wisteria plant. And it, it's been in place uh, at least 20 years. And it's about 15, 20 foot high. It comes over a stone uh, wall. It's got a lot of heat behind it. Um, it's never flowered. Last year, uh, in the uh, last year, so not last fall, but the fall before, we ha- we had it trimmed right back to about uh, knee high. We just thought we'd prune it really, really hard and see what would happen. So um, it flourished again. Uh, lots of leaves, looks like a very healthy plant, but uh, not a flower. So I'm wondering whether we should give up on this thing or maybe leave it for another year or so and see what happens. It seems to be a difficult plant to get to flower. What do you think, Charlie?
2: Um, Okay, so this is a fairly common question from people with wisteria. We all love wisteria. And uh, it, when it flowers, there isn't a prettier plant out there, but it can be a bit challenging to get it to flower. A couple of things you need to do. One is do not fertilize it like at all. No fertilizer, because, as you know, it's a very vigorous plant. It grows so quickly. It's just, you know, don't encourage more growth. There are some very good tips on the web and even videos on how and when to prune wisteria when you live in Ontario. Just just a general rule of thumb is that our most radical pruning on wisteria happens in late winter. So not yet, not till sort of February or early March. Uh, and at that point, you're gonna be removing at least half of the prior year's growth. So you're not touching the trunk because you've probably got a big trunk on that vine but you've got lots of new growth from last year's growing season. So you're gonna go cut in, you're gonna remove at least half of last year's growth, uh, leaving just a few buds on each stem. So it could even be more than half of last year's, but make sure there's some buds on the last year's stem growth. Those should flower. Uh, you can prune again during the summer, Uh, after the plant has finished flowering and you can also try cutting back shoots every two weeks during the summer just to slow down some of that crazy growth it's a it's a wild and crazy vigorous plant which is why i'm saying don't fertilize but it is all about the pruning if we don't prune properly we get a lot of green leaves and if we fertilize we get a lot of green leaves so cut back um, in the next six weeks or so get outside cut back Mm -hmm. half of last year's growth and Cross your fingers that those buds you're seeing there will eat flower buds.
1: Okey-doke. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Okay, um, we have to take our last pause, but we have a couple of callers on the line, which we will do our best to get to. We'll be right back with
0: much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zuma radio yeah welcome back to the garden show we have our last couple of callers of the year
1: on the line Charlie let's go to Jean in Newmarket welcome to the garden show Jean
4: happy New Year to both of you
1: yeah um, thank you you as well
4: it's Dean it's particular kudos to you you got me interested in allium because you're always bringing it up and I want I listen oh. to your show all the time
1: <laughs> My I do love is- allium
4: I didn't realize even what it looked like. But, Charlie, please, we live up on a hill with no houses around us, and there's always a brief. Well, mm. How sturdy is the Allium? I like to see it in other
2: people's gardens. Pretty sturdy. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I, uh, I live in a wind tunnel, and they do fine here.
4: Oh, fantastic.
2: Thank you. Happy New Year. I'll listen next year. <laughs> Bye. Yes. Oh, fabulous.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see you next year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Bye.
2: And so, something for Gene to consider is there's different, many different varieties or cultivars of Allium. Yep. Some are taller than others. Uh, some have bigger flowers than others. So obviously the, the bigger flowers, the top heavy, catching the wind. So, you know, you can think about that. I mean, Dean, you planted, what, four different varieties, you and Gail, this past yes. fall.
1: Yeah, we did. And some are very tiny and white, and some are very large. The big, I, something globe or something like that Gold were there. Master. Yeah, and they're they're supposed mm-hmm. to be huge. And so we kind of mixed them up and had mm-hmm. to make some decisions as to what was going where. And it's very exciting.
2: Exactly. We're going to have lots of, uh, you know, you reporting back on your Allium for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's a, lo- a long
1: time running for me because I have to say when I first started, when I first moved out on my own and I was renting some houses or apartments in the sort of the older area of Hamilton where I grew up, um, the, I would ru- walk by some gardens and I was so mesmerized by certain gardens were beautiful and particularly and I remember seeing the alliums and not really understanding what they were and they just looked so um th- there just was something stunning about them to me so I always dreamed about having them and uh and then yeah so finally this year it's come to fruition uh you know to plant uh, a number of uh allium bulbs and so we're yeah really looking forward to the show that it hopefully will give in the spring
2: well you'll be surprised that it's a real car stopper when you plant allium yeah. in quantity uh, I found that here because at the front of my house in one of my larger, more empty garden beds, I had a whole bunch of allium come up, and people like the cars were slowing down, the the dog walkers were going. What are those plants? Like, wow. like just like you, right? They're like, yeah. what Are those plants?
1: Yeah, and you say they're a relative of the onion, right?
2: They are onions. Allium yeah. is an onion. It's the ge- it's a genus onion. they but we call them ornamental onions. Okay, we well, I'm ornamental purposes.
1: I'm looking forward to it. So uh, this is very appropriate to me. Our very last call of 2022 is A, going to my hometown of Hamilton, which I'm a little bit smug about, but it's also, her name is Rose. And so welcome to the Garden Show, Rose. Hi,
6: thank you. Yeah, Alrighty. Hamilton still has a lot of nice gardens, Dean.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think you were absolutely right. A lot of nice gardens, and yeah, of course, yeah, not even is. mentioning the Royal Botanical Gardens and some of the other things that are on the on the escarpment in Hamilton. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we do beautiful. a lot of a lot of beautiful gardens there.
6: Anyway, I am calling for maybe help from Charlie. I have a great big plant of uh, geraniums, and what I want to do is get some new plants. How do I do this?
2: So the big plant is in a pot in your house. Yes. I brought in endless. a lot of the
6: leaves have fallen off but there is still ends that uh, what I have done is I take some off and put them in the water but I don't mm-hmm. see any roots, roots. yet
2: so yeah. what am I doing and how am I doing it Okay so the tips that you took off recently from mm-hmm. the plant you brought in at the end of the summer that yeah. is, those are that's what we would call old growth and they okay. will not root in water. You can if you have some rooting hormone, you can yeah. recut the tips, like take them out of the water, recut the tips, dip them into some rooting hormone, and just put them into some soil or uh, sand, something that will put something around those stems, and make sure you've got nodes under the, the media. And roots will grow. You just put them in and leave them alone. Roots will grow. Geraniums are so tough; they will. Where, where, where do you get this
6: through. rooting hormone, or is there anything else that I use other than that? I, I
2: that don't thing? have any rooting hormone. And I don't get it no, into a store. Rooting, so. thats fine. Rooting hormone will encourage roots more quickly than not. So that's one way to speed up the root growth. Okay. The other thing is make sure that geranium is in lots of sun. Water yeah. it when it's dry, it, and you could even, you know, today take your pruners out, just prune the whole plant back by a couple of inches if you've got a nice bright spot to sit it. And what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the next six weeks is a whole bunch of new green tips are going to grow, and those, the new growth, is very easy to put those into water, and roots will grow. Yeah. So don't so try and grow new now yet. Or okay. Can I put them in the soil? Yeah, yeah, and you can certainly root in a glass of water the the new growth that's going to grow in the next six weeks. It's the old growth that's very hard to to root in water. So, okay,
6: uh, help me, I'm not being smart, but the ones I took off were the very tips Mm -hmm. of the old plant. I thought that was new growth.
2: Yeah, it was. It was new growth last July. It's just not new growth now, and that's no, there's took, a difference. No, I took it out
6: uh, the last what uh, two months or a month and a half. Just yes,
2: it. It, it's just not new enough.
6: But it's not new enough. Okay, okay. But,
2: but remember as well that the little bumps on the stems tell you where the roots are going to grow from. So make yeah, sure whatever yeah, that, tips are yeah, of off are at least six inches long.
6: Well, I thought maybe that would work. But anyway, uh, where, where can I get to some of this new growth or this growth hormone where, Canadian Tire or where do you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: any garden center, um, certainly the Canadian Tires, the Home Depots, they're carrying. It's called Stem Root is the brand name. You can buy it on online as well. It comes in number one, two, and three. And for your purposes, you want number one. Stim root, okay, well, number number one. Stem Root, number one. number one Root. Yes, yeah, Stem S-T-I-M. S-T-I-M. Okay. I okay. it. It yeah, thank you done. so much, Rose. We have to run. Happy New Year.
6: Thank you. Yeah. Okay.
2: Right. Yeah, Thanks no for calling, Rose. And I think um, Rose brings up a really good point. Maybe next week, Dean, you and I should talk a bit about taking cuttings and, and making new plants.
1: You got it. Next year, we'll do that. There you go.
2: <laughs> sure. All right. There we go. There's All that. right. Thanks, everybody. Happy New
0: Year. See you again. Not only next week, but next year.